0: This is Claudia Gray, and you're listening to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. O is for Obi Wan Kenobi. All rebel fighters met at fleet headquarters to plan their attack. Princess Leia addressed them
1: Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Hello, I am C-3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Star Another chapter is here. Welcome to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I am here with my co-host. She's as good of a friend to me as Sabe is to Padme. It's Lindsay.
0: <laughs> I like that one because Sabe, and we'll get into this, but Sabe is one of the few names I can actually like set aside and and remember which one specifically she is and every single thing she's doing i feel like i need one of those charts in um like the beginning of a game of thrones novel or a song of ice and fire novel where they have like the the little like map of everything and here's who's related to who that you might need to know just to keep track of all of the original handmaidens and what they're doing now. But Sabe is like the only one that I I remember. I know exactly who she is and I know exactly where she is. So I especially appreciate that intro. What can I say except you're welcome?
1: We are going to be talking about the final installment in the Padme trilogy, which is Queen's Hope. So we're going to get to that in uh just a couple minutes here but before that uh Lindsay, have you been reading anything interesting lately
0: i really and truly absolutely have um one thing specifically and another thing just came in the mail uh so soon to be two things but i can't say too much uh because we're obviously going to eventually hopefully pretty soon cover brotherhood and then Shadow of the Sith as well.
1: Yes, I have finished Brotherhood and all I will say is read it. That is all I will yeah,
0: say there. Yeah, we're cuz I I mean obviously that's going to warrant its entire own conversation that I am so excited for. Um but but tonight I know we're talking about Queen's Hope, but those are really the um the things I've been diving into and it's just funny cuz I feel like for so long we were bookless and then we it was the onslaught of and then i don't mean i'm on, onslaught in a bad way but an onslaught of just high republic and now we're back into you know the the stuff we're for better or worse more used to i'm sure there's better phrasing than that but the the kinds of novels and the time periods that were more acclimated to and it is Uh, Look, High Republic was a really, really nice break, but I, after some of these books, I'm just so excited to be back in this era.
1: Yeah, and it's nice having these more more or less one-shot stories. Like, of course, Queen's Hope is, you know, the end of a trilogy um, there, but Brotherhood is a one-shot, Shadow of the Sith is a one-shot, so yeah, it's... It's been a nice change, a nice, uh, you know, I I think doing it this way where you get like High Republic for a while and then you get no High Republic stuff. You know, you, you make that hunger for it a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And it, it's funny because those one offs, like until you just kind of said it and put it that way, I didn't realize how much I really missed those one offs.
1: Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like, listen, I love High Republic. It's been really great. Uh, I was at the High Republic panel at Celebration, and I can tell you that I am very, very excited for what's to come. Uh, But I was actually reorganizing uh, books um, a couple days ago, and uh, because we got some new bookshelves, and it just made me really want to get back into other Star Wars stuff you know uh get back into legends and stuff like that and i think thinking about it now i think getting these kind of one shots different things that are not high republic is kind of partially inspiring that as well um because it is it's nice to get uh, a variety of stories and and i think handling it this way of all right we're going to have our high republic time and then we're going to do some other stuff and then we'll have i mean beginning of next year we're going to have To use your word, an onslaught of High Republic stuff coming out again, which is going to be fantastic. And we're going to get new authors and everything like that. But it is cool to get these. And I'm actually, I have not started Shadows of the Sith yet. I do have it. But uh, knowing that we were going to talk about this and then talk about Brotherhood, I actually got into another book that uh, came in the mail, which is The Stories of Jedi and Sith. Did you get your hands on this one? No, I did not. It is a collection of uh, short stories from a variety of authors. Uh, I would say they are I fall in the middle grade ish uh, level, fifth and okay. fifth, fifth grade reading level about the level of my students or so. Um, but they're just nice little thirty page stories. Uh, the first half, which I just finished. Uh, right before we started recording today, is stories of Jedi. So you've got, uh, there's one that takes place in the High Republic, one to do with Qui-Gon Jinn, one with Anakin and Obi-Wan, and the final one is uh, Barriss Offee. You know, they are very short tales, uh, you know, kind of, if you imagine how Forces of Destiny shorts were, you know, just kind of these little five-minute, quick missions that these characters had on the side. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about here. Like, okay. uh, for example, the bears, like
0: nothing totally game changing, but no,
1: no, nothing game changing. Um, you do with the bears one, you, it, it takes place directly before, directly after the battle of genosis, before, uh, the episode of clone wars where her and Ahsoka get trapped in the, um, droid factory. So that okay. one's a good one where you get kind of into her mindset. So I enjoyed that one a lot. The Anakin and Obi-Wan one is really cool because you get to see, uh, kids perspectives of the Jedi during the war, uh, which yeah. is, is a pretty interesting take. And you, you get to see, you know, that, um, and, and they kind of allude to this a little bit in brotherhood, but the, the, idea that's presented in the revenge of the Sith novel of Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi are these names that everybody knows. They're the great heroes of the war. You get kind of a sense of that going on in that story. Um, so that one is really good. Uh, and then the Qui-Gon one, the Qui-Gon one, I will say I wasn't as much of a fan of,
0: um, was it the story or the writing?
1: It was the writing. Uh, I don't or feel that. like I don't feel like they the author uh, nailed nailed Qui Gon's character, mm-hmm. um, but I think maybe I think maybe if it had been expanded a little bit more, because it does happen as he's contemplating Dooku leaving the Jedi Order, but it okay. that's kind of a side piece on the story. Where I think if if that had been the central focus of the story, maybe his he has a little bit of an attitude, and not like a not like a a phantom menace attitude where it's like I have faith in the force. it's like you guys are below me kind of attitude and i I didn't appreciate that in the story Oh
0: big difference big, really difference. big difference didn't feel like yeah. the character
1: at all, so that one I didn't enjoy that one very much, uh but I did really enjoy the first story uh because it does take place during the high Republic era. And uh, I won't go into everything that happens, but you have a kid uh, from level 1312, not 1313, 1312, um, who wants to be a Jedi and uh, is trying to make that dream come true. And it's actually a really good story um, that... uh, has a It has a predictable ending, but it's an enjoyable read. I'll say that. So, okay. All right. And I think by the time we get to talking about Brotherhood, hopefully I will have the Sith side of things finished and I can report back on that. But let's get into Queen's Hope because there's a lot to talk about with this
0: book. Yeah. And you know what? What I, what I want to do, though, too, just before we get into this third, and and I know you said and I can't imagine there's much left else to go final installment why should we both give like a quick kind of recap of our our views and our thoughts on the first two
1: sure you start off and then i'll fill in any gaps that you uh don't cover because i know we have similar perspectives I
0: agree yeah we're we're the stories are good and they're interesting and and at least yeah i should stop saying we i I i can't really speak for you um but my, my view on it was always, like, it's good, it's interesting, I understand what what EK Johnson is trying to do. It just has at times fallen very, very flat for me in terms of being maybe a little on the nose and obvious. And just, I, I understand, you know, she put it in a tweet where the character development is the plot, but it still just kind of drags for me sometimes. So it's not like I have this major issue where, where I hate these books because I don't, I actually quite enjoy them. They're just a little bit slow and, and sometimes a little silly for me.
1: I would say that holds true for me with regards to Queen's peril, uh, which is the second book in the trilogy, but the first in the timeline. So you have Queen's peril that happens around Phantom Menace actually, crosses over with phantom menace in the second half of the book and then queen's shadow which is the original book that happens uh in between phantom menace and attack of the clones and queen's shadow for me was a home run i really enjoyed that book uh not at the level that drew (laughs) enjoyed it because i think he gave that like a 17 out of 5 or something like that um but i did really enjoy that book and I've gone back and revisited bits and pieces in the audiobook. Um, I didn't get the chance to... I haven't had the chance to reread it. I do plan on, whenever we get some (laughs) lull in Star Wars storytelling, uh, I do plan on reading the trilogy in timeline order to kind of see how things evolve there. But I would say Queen Shadow, I really, really enjoyed. Um, It gets... This, not to make a pun here, but it gets overshadowed because it's in the YA genre. And there are so many other YA books that I would read before it. Yes. But that's more a testament to the success of the YA genre for Star Wars than it is. Yeah. Than it is anything for E.K. Johnston. Um, I
0: think... Sorry, go on.
1: No, I was just going to say, you know, I, I... like what she does I prefer the more character driven stories I know you're more of a plot person I'm more of a character person so that's where we uh you know go a little bit different there but I think well I'll save what I was going to say about Queen's Hope because uh it has to do with with my rating so go ahead
0: Okay no I was just going to say I I kind of joked around about it in the intro as well but it is so entirely true and I really do mean it that like, it kind of gets confusing sometimes just in terms of like, I I understand the thought and it's, it's kind of cute that they all have the same names and why they have the same names, but it doesn't make it less confusing, which we're going to get into a little bit more. Um, But, but for the most part, like that has always been one of my bigger I guess complaints about it, and it—we'll get into it—but it still kind of holds true.
1: I think that's a situation where it, it's kind of like how uh, Thrawn's name came about, where you—you mm. you know, Th- yeah. Zon set up this idea of you use this part of this, the beginning of the name, then the middle of the name, this part of the end, or whatever. It is there, uh, specifically. And then you get a whole book where you have to have all the characters follow that same naming convention. And it's like, who's who, um, I think, I think that kind of happened here where E.K. Johnston and she's been clear that this wasn't a planned trilogy, uh, until the success of Queen Shadow, Queen Shadow was supposed to be a one-off, and I think she, you know, had this one-off where it was like, okay, here's a cool way to explain why they have the same names, and in that one story, it's a little bit easier to keep track of the different characters because you kind of get the well, one, you only have one group of them, you don't have all these additional characters that get added in throughout the prequel trilogy but also you kind of you know you really get to know that you know Sabe and Padme are the main ones and and you get kind of a a a tier of who's really important to keep track of and who's just a uh you know for lack of a better term faceless character um you know and that's not to say that the characters aren't developed more, but you can kind of not have, you don't have to remember all of the details about all of the characters. You have to remember all the details about a couple of characters. Then when you expand that out and then you've got, you know, you're bringing in all these new characters that are really important, but have the same naming convention. uh, And you're developing these characters that were, you know, originally just supposed to be supporting characters that are now getting more of a leading role. You add that complication and you just kind of, you're painted into a corner of you're stuck like this. Um, And that makes it really, really challenging. So we've we've kind of already started, but let's get into our ratings first, because for those of you who are uh, new to uh, the show, maybe you're checking this out for the first time, we do our ratings before we have our actual discussion, and then uh, we discuss the book, and then we... uh, reassess at the end to see if we have changed each other's mind, either in the plus or the minus direction. So Lindsay, I'm going to let you go first on this one, uh, because I have a tiny bit of a feeling my rating is going to be higher than yours, but go ahead.
0: That's fair. Um, cause I would give this probably a, a two out of five, to be honest.
1: Wow. Okay. I, know, I just
0: heard Drew screaming at me from the abyss.
1: I was expecting a three um, no. okay, I' am a four out of five.
0: Oh wow, so not only higher, but we might say twice as high.
1: You could say that if you were <laughs> a mathematician of which I am not, so I shan't. Uh, all right, so two out of five. Aside from the fact that the the naming conventions are confusing, why do you put this at a, at a two out of five?
0: I have to be honest, I, I really do normally like E.K. Johnston and what she's able to accomplish. For me, this was more of a writing issue. Um, I think that it the the best kind of novels, especially when a character development-driven novel like this is or should be, should be very subtle and nuanced. And it should let you experience things... With the characters, the same way that they're experiencing it, and it should be uh, uh, almost a subconscious kind of change in you as you're as you're reading it. This, to me, nine times out of ten, was incredibly forced, and just overall, like I'm, I'm trying to avoid using this phrase now because I'm probably going to be using it a lot tonight, and I don't want to overdo it but it was very on the nose, in my opinion.
1: See, and I, I read it very differently than you read it because I felt like a lot of what we had uh, in this book, well, one, it really develops the relationship between Anakin and Padme, um, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it and getting to see the inside of their their marriage but to me this really was giving an interesting perspective into the repercussions of their relationship and the secret on the micro level because we get this on the macro level we know that their relationship and and having to keep it a secret brings down the republic and the jedi but this showed a much more personal side of things and even
0: this is i i i can't Argue with that because you're right. My issue, though, is not that it showed the micro level. I like that. That's what I was hoping for, and that's what I continue to always hope for. Anytime we get content around this era, because I love their relationship. I love what it means, not just to the galaxy as a whole, into the Skywalker saga, but what it means is to to two individuals and the people emotionally impacted around them my issue is not with that. My issue is how obvious it was where it was never subtle and it was never a read between the lines moment. It just punched you in the face with here's what they said. Here's what they felt. Here's how everyone around them felt. And, and with the characters, it's, it's nice. Sure. That these characters are so honest and, and where their hearts on their sleeve with each other and that Naboo and, and these relationships really garner and foster that. But it's like, that's not real. That's not real, right? That's not how real people talk. There are those those complexities to human relationships, and this seems to just throw all those complexities out the window. Where it's just like everything's great all the time, and everyone can say exactly what they're thinking and feeling with no argument and no consequences.
1: Oh, see, here's the thing. I would argue that what is not said here. Is what creates the consequences, not what is said.
0: What, in terms of them just keeping along the secrets?
1: Them keeping the secrets, them uh, not really discussing the, you know... Padme not getting to tell Sabe about the relationship bef- until yeah, it was then too when late. Everyone and
0: everyone finds out it's just like here's exactly how I feel. Oh, I'm so sorry I made you feel that way. That's okay that you're sorry. We'll move on.
1: But they but see uh, that they don't move on though. Like they, this To me, this series or this trilogy is, and I, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way in any way, shape, or form, but this is a group of girls that meets a freshman year of high school and then goes to different colleges. And, and you you have this clique of girls who go through this formative experience together, and I know this is really diminishing the importance of the handmaidens in all this, the great things they do, but I'm purely using this as an analogy They they get this click together that supports each other through the one of the most awkward times in your life, but then as they grow up, they grow apart as as you do and they break apart. And there's To me, I I didn't see the okay, it's all fine and hunky dory. Particularly with Padme and Sabe, like, when Sabe says, my hands are yours, but don't ask me to use them again, to me, that was, was more or less of a, you crossed a line that I'm, I have a moral compass that I will stick by, and I will do what, if you ask me to, I will do what I promised you to do, but my heart won't be in it, and I don't believe in you anymore anymore. Not a, it's okay, let's just move on.
0: Uh, Look, as the the girl here who went to school and made that freshman group of friends, and then even in college made that freshman group of friends and and went on with with life, I feel like I understand what you're saying and what the thought process is, but it almost kind of makes me drive even farther to the I don't like this. Because, again, it's, it's not the issues and what's happened. My issues are how the characters handle it and how they talk to each other. That's so unrealistic.
1: I would just argue that that Star Wars dialogue usually isn't great.
0: <laughs> like what? When has is, when is Star Wars dialogue ever not been great and not been a prime example of how, how people actually talk?
1: Yeah, uh, you
0: can write this <laughs> stuff. Especially but... between Anakin and Padme.
1: Oh, yes, it's always so <laughs> realistic. I use those lines all the time. Um, <laughs> no, and and see, that's something I, I loved about reading this and Brotherhood at the same time, and I'm not going to get into any spoilers in Brotherhood, but they do pair really well with each other right no it's
0: well because it's the same time frame so i feel like without spoilers we can compare them just because we're talking about the same exact time frame
1: right and 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 queen's hope goes into padme's side of things whereas brotherhood deals with anakin's side of things Mm -hmm. and it's it's good to see these stories where you get to see how invested Padme is in the relationship, because I feel like not a lot of star Wars media does that as successfully Fair. as yeah. particularly this book. Uh, Cause this book really focuses on that relationship and the consequences of it. When you look at clone wars, when we get to see stuff with their relationship, it's usually when things are in peril um, or Anakin is losing his, you know what? And so it doesn't really show a relationship where you would be like, yes, she would be invested in him, but getting to see those quieter moments uh, with them is really, really uh, something that's interesting. And also, can we just like talk about the Skywalker family and like not keeping secrets because, Like, Sabe and Padme basically break up because uh, Sabe didn't, or excuse me, Padme didn't uh, tell Sabe about Anakin until, like, it was thrust upon her. And uh, Luke, you know, didn't talk to Kylo about the dark side until he was, like, in the hut with a lightsaber and was like, oops, made a mistake. It was too late. Like, just say, hey, uh, something happened. Like, just communicate with each other.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a stretch. You know, I'm I'm nine times out of ten, with the exception of a, uh, oh god, what was that? Uh, that tauntaun story.
1: Um,
0: not, yeah, nine yeah. times out of ten, I love the connections you're able to make. This one, though, I would say, bit of a stretch.
1: That's fair. Kind That's of fair.
0: Different situations, kind of different levels, consequences. But going back to to seeing Padme's side of the story and and how she loves anakin and what this relationship is for her not just in terms of the emotions that she's feeling but in terms of the consequences that come along with it and Mm. and the dire urgency of of having to keep this secret i think what this book does do very effectively is um you know there there's the thought that in screenwriting or just in writing in general you can show who a character is by what they do by what they say or how the people around them talk about them. And this one I think does the third thing really well where we have the people who do start to realize the secret um, sabe mostly, but talking about how this makes sense you know and how she could see why why this happened, why they might not be a good pair but why it got to this point. And I think that is one thing that the book does do really well is constantly bring up, you know, here's why Padme is important. And here's why she's such an influential figure, not just because of her own storyline, but from the outside perception of her storyline.
1: Yeah. And, and how her relationship with Anakin, you you know, uh, Sabe has that line at the end where she says, I always knew she wouldn't choose me, but I always thought she'd choose something more and it's like she gives up a, so much of what she could be to be with Anakin and while i i i'm a a proponent and fan of these stories of you know sacrificing for relationships and the people that you love and things like that i i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing but i do think the way that Obviously, Anakin and Padme do it is not very healthy, um, and and that's kind of the development of Padme's character is this evolution of the double move, you know, the the switch or whatever they call it, because you start out in in following the timeline in Queen's Peril, and you have a separation between herself as Padme, and you have uh, her people, right? And that's Queen Amidala. Like, Amidala represents the people, she's, you know, the the stalwart of Naboo, but you also have this, this person in Padme who is trying to figure out how to be a young woman, right? Then it evolves into a separation of herself and her political self, and, and how the world perceives her. And then you get here, and it's a separation And and this is where it gets unhealthy of her real life and her, you know, secret life. And so it's kind of like, you know, we put on these different masks as we go to different places. We put on a a mask when we go to work and, and we're a different person than when we're at home. And that's perfectly natural and healthy to do. But if you are a different person at home... In a negative way, if, if you're going to work and this is going to be a really harsh analogy, but if you're going to work and you're presenting this good side and you're going home and you're abusive, that's obviously not a healthy dynamic. And Padme in the same way is, is she's presenting this front, not because it's a healthy expression of another side of herself, but it is helping her to hide what she has going on. With Anakin, the more she is involved in the Republic and everything like that, and people trust her, whether she realizes it or not, the less they're going to question what else she has going on around her. And it takes somebody on the inside, like Sabe going, why is she leaving all this free time? This isn't like her. Somebody that really knows her real self to be able to challenge that status quo that she's trying to establish.
0: I, again, my issue is not in the theory of this book because I do like everything that is in theory trying to be accomplished. My issue comes in the practice of it. I think that the the moments that are supposed to hit the hardest come off as disingenuous because it's just so again punch you in the face, but here's here's how I'm feeling. And there's no real back and forth. There is, there is, and and you can take the easy way out and just say, oh, it's because Naboo, this is the kind of people Naboo foster. I don't want to take that easy way out because to me, every single time something was said, everyone around them was just like, yes, common mission, common goal, common understanding. And, And there was no tension. I understand oh, very no, much no, no, the no. difference. No, 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 no. I very much understand the difference between conflict and tension. There were conflicts, sure. Were the conflicts, you know, galactic wide conflicts like we're used to in Star Wars? No, and I'm cool with that. My issue is there was no tension where I ever once felt like any of the relationships were really in in strain or really were going to be in in peril um at any point but but that's something i would have wanted i think that if you're going to have a character driven piece the not so much the conflict but the tension has to come from will these characters adapt and will these relationships survive and at absolutely no point did i get that because we always have the constant here is it's 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 too idealistic for me where there's, there's just no real stakes. There's no real tension.
1: See, and I would argue that the, uh, when Queen Jamila sends them to go retrieve her sister, you know, on that mission and you get, uh, the, the disabled guy who's on spice as a, uh, basically like a medical marijuana kind of situation or whatever. And you get to see that Naboo isn't perfect and that calls into question everything that we know about them. And then you get this uh, this treaty, uh, this law that was enacted, where basically they can prey on everybody else in the Chomel sector at will. And you get another example of them being, you know, again, like, you have this this front of here's Naboo and everything's great and everything's you know so pretty and nice and everything like that, but in this in the back rooms of things you have Palpatine coming up, right? You have this, you know, behind the facade of all of these great things, there is this dissension. There are people who don't fit in, and what happens when you don't fit into those systems? And I think there's a parallel going on Padme and Sabe's relationship is the example of what happens when those when you can't fit into those systems, because to me, I read it as their relationships over. That was to me, that was the last time they contacted each other until some other canon piece brings those things back. I know there's some stuff in, in one of the new Vader comics I haven't gotten to where, you know, Sabe works with Vader or whatever it may be, but yeah. we don't have anything of Padme and Sabe, uh, being furthering their relationship anymore. I, I, that to me was a pretty clear end line where you have Sache dealing with the the other uh, groups in the chamel sector and she's willing to sacrifice and forego some of the things that she thinks are necessary in order for the betterment of all. So she knows, about this darkness that exists and she adjusts in order to make things as good as you can for, for all people whereas Padme and Sabe are not able to do that for themselves.
0: I just feel like you can't have like essentially 20 page mini arcs at best and assume that these lessons are going to hit the way that you want them to again not in terms of in theory because in theory sure it works in practice there's not enough time to build that emotional component and satisfy the need of the payoff there should be escalating factors leading to that that overall you know conflict and then the climax and then a resolution and none of that that happens here for me personally both in terms of the on the nose writing and that that flow alone there's no real satisfying story here for me
1: do you think that is partially because of where it is taking place and you have it right at the beginning of the war like literally right at the beginning of the war where everybody's still trying I'm to figure so out what they're doing you
0: asked that, and no because now we have these other stories going on with the same thing and i love them okay yeah. cuz for like, me this re- this really is a dialogue issue and a lack of tension issue. But but at no point did I really care or feel like the and and again to your point like sure I get in theory this should be, you know, a group of of high school best friends going off to college and and fizzling out. But I would rather watch the show on HBO, The Sex Lives of College Girls than watch than than read this and I think the sex lives of college girls is essentially more impactful in doing so.
1: I feel like those are very different target demographics, but, um... but one
0: of them does it in a realistic way where you can watch yourselves and, and realize like, wow, look, these are the conversations that I had. These are the fights I would have. These are the struggles I would have. Whereas this was just in, th- it's building up to, yeah, this is what I, I had gone through versus, no one talks this way. Of course, this isn't how it went, and that's that's why I say I understand the premise of this is an idealistic world and trying to teach lessons of how it should be handled. But it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't because it's too idealistic to actually teach a lesson.
1: That's fair. I mean, because like one of the things I was thinking about as I was reading it was you know Sache's negotiations and how they are kind of a, you know, to talk about that micro-macro idea, they're kind of an example of what could have happened if, and obviously, like, this would never have happened because Palpatine, but if the the Republic and the Separatists had figured out a way to sit down and just hash out their differences in conversation, like, it, it could have been possible. These groups, these planets, these sectors that felt underserved or that they were being preyed upon or that people only cared about the core. Like that's essentially how everybody else is feeling about Naboo and, and and this treaty that they have, even though, you know, by all accounts, Naboo's never done anything wrong in that regard. Uh, and, and, you know, we get in the Phantom Menace, we get this conversation of, you know, the bureaucrats run things, but all of that comes from Palpatine. We don't actually really see the Republic doing anything nefarious. We don't really see them middling. We we get all of that from Palpatine's perspective. So by all accounts, when we get to Attack of the Clones, when we get to the start of the war, we haven't really seen these these great atrocities that, you know, are, are apparently happening to get the separatists to leave and so i feel like there's a middle ground there and i think that that was kind of speaking to here's a possibility of what could happen and, and i don't think this negates necessarily what you're saying um actually if anything it probably supports what you're saying of it's too easy but i did find it an interesting kind of parallel between the two situations
0: yeah, and look, that's, that's the the kind of overall point I think I want to make with this book is there's good things, right? That I think that the, the when you sit there and you outline the stories and, and you – if you were workshopping a lot of these stories, like, they would probably be workshopped the exact same way that they came out. But again, it's just it's it's more of the writing and the the shortness of each of them. I don't think anything was really done justice. I do think that that was one of the better um, storylines, though, throughout this book. Well,
1: let's talk about what I think is the best storyline, which is Sabe and the freeing of slaves, because that is something that I know I remember our discussion about Queen Shadow. We both were very. Uh, upset that like you had this secondary storyline where Sabe is going to try to help free some slaves and yeah she frees a couple of them but it's just kind of like uh we failed like is there no hope for ending this systemic issue that exists in the outer rim and we actually got to see some of that we got to see why uh you know or how they were fighting against you know, slavery on Tatooine. And you can imagine that that would have spread to to other places post-Empire and and helping to free, you know, Wookiee slaves and all of these other things. But to me, it was even cooler getting to see that Shmi continued on the work uh, after Anakin left because he went to become a Jedi to free slaves and she couldn't go with him, but she did what she could to support his mission because she believed in her son. And, and there's that connection there between them where you can see in The Phantom Menace how she raised him to believe that that would be the right thing to do. And she continues to live that way after he's he's off and gone and, and grown. And even though she doesn't know if he is doing that, and, and in the end, he doesn't do that. But she does, and that was really, really cool.
0: Yeah, it was. It was nice. You know, it was. It was a nice little, cute little storyline. Not enough to redeem everything, though. Well, but I think
1: it, it. One of the impactful things about it that is kind of you know you said there's not really a lot under the surface. Something under the surface here is that Sabe and. and Oh, God. What's her her partner's name? It starts with a T, and I'm just completely yeah, blanking. Yeah, no.
0: Oh, uh, Tora. Because there's two that start with a T. Yeah. In her, or in
1: that Torah or something like that. Or, yeah. Uh, I'm watching Arrested Development right now, so all I can think of is Tobias. <laughs> and that's not – it's not Tobias. Um, the Blue Man? <laughs> the Blue Man, yeah. So you have Sabe and the Blue Man. No, but she kind of uh, – she approaches this attack on slavery – in a similar way that the Rebellion forms. And, and I'll be interested to see it, you know, once we get Andor and more of these things about the Rebellion forming. But when you think about Rebels, you have these small groups, you know, trying to do these little little things that, yes, they're making a difference on Lothal, but they're not making a difference on a galactic level. And it's not until, you know, the slow and steady, you know, development that we get across, you know, the four seasons of Rebels that we really get to see this group build upon what they did in the little area and expand that out. And so when you look at the overarching story of the trilogy, and particularly with this this aspect of it, you have in Queen's Shadow, you know, they do this little thing. And yes, they impact those, I think it's like 20 or 25 slaves that they free. And that's not anything to, uh, you know, roll your eyes at or anything like that. But you it's only twenty twenty-five people, you're not ending slavery that way. Right. But what they do here, they learn from that and they learn how to what not to do as much as what to do. And because of that they're able to do something on a bigger level. Yeah. and make an impact and,
0: and, and they address that too they're like oh this is why i for some reason the number six is even sticking out to me like it was only six because we didn't know this this and this but we we know that now and, and we're working to overcome that
1: yeah like they acknowledge it uh yeah. and, and i think if anything one of the things that this book did that the other ones didn't for me was they talked about failure a lot more uh we get it briefly in queen's shadow with this particular storyline but throughout queen's hope there's this underlying idea of what success and failure looks like um because you have anakin and padme who have this relationship but is it successful because they're able to find a way to be together or is it a failure because they're keeping it a secret you have Padme uh, you know the the double thing and is it successful because the mission gets done or is it a failure because in the end it's what breaks them apart because mm. there are those secrets there and, and all of those things and you know at the end you get you get this essentially this scene of Padme and Sabe breaking up and I I guess it didn't hit you as much as it hit me, but it it tore me apart a lot when when we had that final line of, you know, my hands are yours, but don't ask me again to use them. I honestly thought the book should have ended there. Like I think it was a if anything I'll those last couple of chapters. <laughs> I
0: agree with you on that. It should have ended there. Like um, for probably <laughs> for a different reason. Um, I love that line though. Like that line I will say really did stick out to me. But again, to me it felt undeserved or or almost obvious that it was coming, but it was it's not like either of them really fought hard to keep that relationship intact. where at the end of it you're like, oh man, that's so sad that they couldn't make it work. like this was this was clearly. so it was kind of just like, yeah, their priorities changed and and maybe to your point it's because it's something like we've been through where, where we understand relationships fizzle away and it's not the worst thing in the world but but it didn't really have like any kind of deep heavy emotional impact with me. I was kind of just like, "Oh, okay."
1: Do you think that that was that's more on EK Johnson or do you think that's more a result of what you have in the rest of the canon where you don't see the Sabe's and the or Yane's and Rabe's and Sache's and everything like that. And so she had to have them in these separate places and couldn't really bring them together as much. And so you don't get like we get a lot of their relationship in Queen's Shadow, but a lot of the other, you know, especially this book, you get almost no time of them really together or involved as a group.
0: Um, I'm gonna go with it as more V.K. Johnston's issue because, again, it it was so much for me the the idealism and the the dialogue just being not at all what you experience day to day. Okay,
1: so it really does just come down like that's kind of your nail in the coffin is that you just didn't feel like it was real people. Going through this experience.
0: Yes. 100%. Okay. It was, it was like little cardboard cutouts.
1: This is going to sound demeaning and I don't mean it to be because I love them, but this could have worked as a little golden book.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah you know. No,
1: that's, like you could it's
0: it's not demeaning because you and and you know what i'll i'll give it a step above because i i agree with you and i understand what you're saying and i don't want it to sound demeaning these are stories that should be um there are fantastic 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 anthologies um they're really big and they still have all the pictures but they're meant for kids they're called five Minute blank stories yes yeah yeah so like the five minute star wars stories i used to read those with my nephews and i can't wait to now read it with my niece when she gets a little bit older but like those stories are what got my nephews into star wars because they were just our bedtime stories right and then when they got older and and continue to like that that storytelling in those books we moved into five minute spider-man stories and stuff like that and it really is just cute little stories that tell the lesson and also introduce you to the worlds that that you're in and it's you know they have five minute disney princess stories all of that but the five minute star wars stories like these would be perfect for those because they can be quick and they still do teach that lesson it's just i don't think the lesson is really age group appropriate that's for the way that it's told
1: that's fair. Like I use the little golden books to teach. Like it they're they're fantastic, but they are very cut and dry and mm-hmm. here's the story and I mean, we can expand upon them. You know, I can tell my students, you can tell your nieces and nephews, you know, outside details that enhance the story more right. that might not necessarily be on the page and I think possibly part of the reason that I might have enjoyed this more than you is just because of my, you know, connection with Clone Wars and... Stuff like that of getting to see more of these side stories with Padme, and not that you don't like Clone Wars, but I know I watch it more regularly than you do, and stuff like I that. I prefer you know?
0: Rebels over Clone
1: right. Wars. Right, which much. which I do as well, but that's a whole other conversation.
0: Yeah, I love Clone Wars. <laughs> yes. Don't get me wrong.
1: No, no, no. But, but just where it ranks in our fandoms is different for us, and to me, this felt like okay, this is a a good episode of Clone Wars not a great episode it's not you know Mortis or anything like that it's not uh you know Ahsoka's final arc it's not Siege of Mandalore but it's a solid like for me this was a here here's a good analogy because this will piss some people off it's a Martez sister arc Mm -hmm. that Martez sister arc I really really love in and I think you need to have it to know why Ahsoka is the way that she is in Siege of Mandalore, if you really want to study her character. But could you just watch Siege of Mandalore without having that arc and still get the major story points? Absolutely. I think the same thing here. Could you watch the prequels and understand the point that is being made about Padme and Anakin's relationship being unhealthy and leading to the downfall of the galaxy absolutely is it more informed when you know that it not only destroyed the galaxy but that that started at home that started with the relationships they had before that started with the loss of trust uh within the the, this core group this family that was created in the handmaidens i would argue that yes you do get that extra little bit of understanding for me it adds that when i go back and watch revenge of the sith and and even attack of the clones knowing that what's happening in in attack of the clones is going to lead to this which is going to lead to that
0: i just disagree but i can't really defend why i disagree which is an infuriating place for me to be for me again this this kind of just falls short it it just does not do what it or it does not accomplish by any means but i think it sets out to actually accomplish
1: okay final question yeah do you think any of that has to do i'm assuming you've finished brotherhood yes okay
0: And I did finish it first because I put Queen's Hope down to focus on Brotherhood because I enjoyed it more.
1: That's what I thought. Do you feel like this book got diminished because of how good Brotherhood is?
0: No, I don't. Only because it was... And that's why I kind of wanted to recap what we thought about the first two books. Because to me, this was a continuation and this seems to have... All of the same issues for me that the that the the first two books had. All right,
1: that's fair. So then, final rating,
0: still two out of five, if not a one out of five.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, I I will say that my score has come down a tad because. So I was kind of leaning towards three out of five. And then I wrote my notes out and was like, no, there's more to this than I thought. So I bumped it up. And then as we have been discussing, I've been considering that maybe some of the things that I read into were not as important to the story as I was maybe giving them credit for. So I don't want to go That's kind down. Of
0: interesting, though.
1: Yeah, like, I I do think those analogies and metaphors are there. Like, very, 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 very minor spoiler for Brotherhood. Like, I'm not even going to get into what they talk about. But both of the books deal with Anakin's adjusting to his mechanical hand, right? And to me, that's a conversation about the descent into becoming Darth Vader. But I think, one, I think that's more of a Brotherhood thing. Uh, But also, too, I think that's more of a deep into fandom, we read into these things too deeply kind of conversation than it is the book was presenting it. So, for example, my conversation about how, you know, uh, Naboo has this nice front, but then in the back, there are things that are breaking apart, kind of like The Republic. I think that's more informed by knowing everything else that happens outside of the story and less of what happens inside of this book. Um,
0: I'm going to help you out here. Cause I love where your mind always goes with this. Um, and, and I usually do like I had joked around before, like I usually so agree with you, like your, your thoughts on Naboo and things kind of breaking in the back, like spot on dude, spot on. I think the difference is you you're putting the cart before the horse with this. In terms of how should I put this? I I think you're will will take your Anakin descending into Vader thing. I love that idea. The reason I say you're putting the cart before the horse is I don't think this book is intended to go that deep into it. I do though think that if we were talking if if we were having a discussion about Anakin's descent into Vader you could so easily use this book as a supporting argument however you can't do it the other way around
1: yeah I wouldn't disagree with that at all that's a really good way to put it like it it's supporting evidence but it's not it's not a a yeah first-hand source yeah yeah
0: but but again like I love where your thought is with it and and it's right there
1: so, with that said, I'm not going to go down to a full three. I'm going to give it a a, a 3.5. Mm. I'm going
0: to
1: go three 3.5. Sounds like the easy 3.5. way out, but all right. I mean, but I, I did really, like, I do really like the book, and I don't necessarily agree with you on all of the, the dialogue stuff. Yeah. Um but I think that's a matter of taste more than anything. And yeah, I mean, I will not say that I have the, the best taste when it comes to dialogue. So because uh, I watch the prequels and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, so that's on me. But um, cool. So next episode, we will be talking about Brotherhood. Uh, because, uh, we are both very excited about that book. I uh, just finished it recently, and part of the reason that I am reading stories of Jedi and Sith is because I don't want to get into anything else and forget the important things that I have to say about it. Uh, so that episode will be dropping soon. Um, we did discuss this on the main Clashing Sabers show, the celebration recap that we had, uh, come out with Mark and Adriana and myself, but we will be supporting the Uvalde school um, by sending books over there. Uh, we'd like to be transparent about what we do with our nonprofit. And as we always say, a hundred percent of what gets donated goes directly to buying and sending books and uh, my dad runs a restaurant down there and so is connected with the community and people who work with the school and so he's going to be getting those books t- uh, to go in backpacks that they are giving to the kids who uh, will be returning. They're, they're totally tearing down the school and building a new one and every kid's going to get a backpack of supplies and everything like that. So uh, we're going to make sure that we get at least two Star Wars books in every kid's backpack. So if you would Uh, want to do anything else to support that uh, you can contact us through any of the normal means clashingsabersnetwork at gmail.com at clashingsabers on twitter or in our facebook group where you can message me personally on facebook so uh, if you just listen to this and you have donated before in either our fundraiser or our patreon just know that we are uh, pouring a lot of funds into that right now um because that is obviously a very important uh community to support and we are hoping uh to be able to to do that so that is happening so uh we're not doing a big push or anything like that because I don't feel like that's the right way to handle this situation because that becomes a little self-aggrandizing. Um, so, but I did want to let anybody else who's looking for a way to help out there uh, to know that I am a resource uh, if you need it. So, Lindsay, uh, tell them where they can find you and uh, any other information about what you got going on.
0: Um, between here and another place, you can really find me is on our other show. One of our other shows, Sift Talk. Um, if, if you want to argue with me and tell me why my thoughts on Queen's Hope are just completely incorrect, or if you want to support me here, um, or if you want to argue or, or discuss any of my points over on Sith Talk, what, head over to our Facebook group. Just make sure you tag me in the comments so I see it. Um, but, but I'd love to hear more of your thoughts and, and more of why you agree with me or better yet, why you disagree with me. Uh, and we can go from there.
1: And if you want to do that uh, via video, we also now have a TikTok that's actually functional uh, because Mark is running our TikTok now. So you can uh, send us anything over there. It is also at Clashing Saber. So until next time, keep reading, keep writing. But whatever you do, don't burn the sacred text.